the rest of the series sorry spoiler alert the rest of the series seems like it is a assault on evangelicals now they don't uh, use that term they use right, the term use fundamental, fundamental. Right. but just help me out real quick because one of the things that i think of when i hear the term fundamentalist is of course it is a pejorative but i believe they've abused the term and not even used it in its historical actual sense mm-hmm. and they failed to it, at any rate, put that, and I would even say that, no, uh, Gothard is not actually a fundamentalist, and you just demonstrated that because he fundamentally rejects primary doctrines that the fundamentalist in the 1920s would have held to, cool. and that becomes the problem, but that's just so poorly addressed. So help me out real quick. You know, you've seen this series. Um, what are some things that you thought were good takeaways from that series and then let's walk through some of those things that you think are really problematic that Christians, because uh, as we know, and I said Netflix, but it's Prime, so I apologize for that mistake. Uh, they're going to be watching it. I mean, I'm certain that there are people at at, at everyone's church that have watched this. And mm-hmm. uh, my father-in-law, when he was when he watched it as I was watching it to kind of research for it, and I watched through it twice because I wanted to make sure I got everything. Uh, he just got angry at it. <laughs> um, and so I imagine there's people like that, but there's also people like, oh, man, that's right. We need to stay away from those fundamentalists and who are fundamentalists. Um, so what were some of those, you know, you thought really good takeaways from the series? Well, I, I got both. I think one a very important takeaway is the authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't explain. How, I mean, they do show the photo of the umbrella, <clears throat> that kind of stuff. But they don't really explain how theologically important that is and why Christians tended to shake their heads yes, because mm. we do believe there's a place of, let's say, leadership, right? Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't, Netflix, I mean, uh, Amazon Prime and the documentarians don't understand that there's a difference between, I'll put it this way, a cattle herder and a sheep herder. Mm. Right. I like that. Uh, a shepherd, which is the analogies the Bible uses about leaders within the church, lead the flock. They walk ahead and the flock follows them. They protect the flock. They're not loud, cajoling, punishing, whatever. Whereas cattle herders all get behind and push and cajole and, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> They're very different styles of leadership. And one is really worldly. That would be cattle herding. And the other is biblically. That would be shepherding. They're very different. Well, they don't understand that. They're not Christians. They don't really understand that. Unfortunately, they can look at too many churches and find the cattle herding model as part of it. Mm-hmm. So the key to an authority. Well, why is that important? Because if you buy the umbrella protection, then things like sexual misconduct becomes sort of acceptable. Now, I want to be careful how I, how I say this, because there are many very fine parents and fathers who would never in their wildest imaginations think that this teaching gives them permission to be incestuous with their daughters. Yeah. However. If you buy the idea that there's this umbrella protection uh, and those under your authority must submit to your authority regardless of how you act, 
or they will be punished. Their task becomes not to disobey, but to try to fix the leaky umbrella, is how Gunther puts it. That puts a different picture on it. So you mentioned a sex scandal, 1980. We commented on it because we knew about it. We didn't go in depth because we didn't want it to be a salacious piece. We wanted to deal with the teaching. Yeah. Not, not with the uh, impacts necessarily. But the seven staff secretaries that were involved with that, to a person said, we had to submit Steve Gothard was our authority. So what do you have in this, in this shining happy people? That's really what you have the same fundamental problem. As you have some males who improperly acted under the authority of the teaching that Bill Gothard gave them. So is that a feature of Gothardism? The answer I would have to say is no. Are there some who who have that tendency who gravitate toward Gothard's teachings and use it in that way? I think that's what we're seeing. When I think about the documentary and particularly the um, the umbrella of authority, one of the things that I noted, and I thought that this was just a connection that wasn't made very well at all, it appears that Mr. Duggar he didn't like being under other people's authority, so he started his own church. I think that was probably fairly typical of individuals in that group so that they could be the top dog and therefore they could dictate what's going on or be the cattle prodders. And because he did not have a group of elders that he was accountable to, even as a fellow elder, but was the pastor of his of his flock, right? right. Uh, he didn't have to answer to anyone when he told his daughters, no, you're going to excuse this and deceive about what's happened with your brother because I say so. And then, of course, was able to influence um, and certainly, in my mind, coerce his daughters to do what they did, which they all essentially state they regret in the documentary. And I don't want to be too big of a spoiler alert, but, you know, that's that is what happens. Think about how powerful this is if, because cults do this all the time, if you are persuaded that um, what you're teaching is directly from the mouth of God, God becomes your club by which you can beat others into submission. So now you're not rejecting their teaching or authority, you're touching God, uh, uh, rejecting God himself. That's a scary thought. Yes. Right? That keeps you in submission because you don't want to cross God. He's waiting up there with his big thumb waiting for you to step out of way to squash you like a bug. Uh, I have had more former Gotham people tell me that's exactly how they thought. And very often I have to start with this with this disclaimer. Just because God and Gothard both begin with G-O and N to D doesn't mean they're the same thing. <laughs> yeah but for them it is it is the same thing yeah yeah and, and that becomes uh, exceptionally clear now here's the thing that i think is so interesting don the majority of the people that they had in that documentary series were people who had had left they they left gothardism for nothing you know one of the things that white talks about is how so many people leave the jw cult uh, the jehovah witness cult or mormonism and uh, they leave those cults to go into the abyss. 
And uh, that's probably one of the things that's most disheartening. But then there's this piece, it, it, it appears, and you visited with the, I think, the uh, the the young lady who was formerly a Duggard, uh, who is the major player in the documentary. She's one of the endorsers of your book. Isn't that correct? Well, it's interesting. Her sister is. Her sister. wouldn't appear in the uh, in the Doctor series for the reasons I already outlined. She didn't trust them. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, because they would uh, they would do things, and they did, as as you point out. They labeled fundamentalism as the problem, where it's true some fundamentalists are a problem, but yep. the fundamentals themselves are not. And I have some very solid, gracious churches that are there tend to be more separatist than I might be, but solid solid churches yeah the second thing then is homeschooling they just trashed homeschooling uh that was a bad thing so yeah. you have very well-meaning godly people who want their children educated not um indoctrinated uh and and for that they're being trashed by amazon in their in their series that's a problem uh, so I, it's my understanding they're going to be doing a, another series next year. I don't know if they're going to pick up on these things or not, but they really should to kind of clarify. Look, we're not saying all involved with this holds all these things. What we're saying is there are some who have who take these teachings and misuse them against others. So the Duggard sister, who was the primary focus, uh, it didn't at least sound to me like she had left uh, the Christian faith altogether. She did um, not. And I felt like, you know, what a what a hopeless uh, situation. I guess that's one of the things that I, I'm, I get the most concerned about when people aren't familiar with how to engage those who have – had the veil lifted on Gothardism, um, what do they get one to? They get one to nothing. They get one to lostness and a true hatred of God because they think of God and Gothard as the same individual. And that becomes very problematic for me. Well, that's true with many of these groups. So we make a distinction. Uh, Midwest Christian Outreach makes a distinction between those who are what we call walkouts, which is what you just discussed, and those who are discipled out. There's a difference between them because they have been basically trained to think that only their group has the truth and everyone outside the group is apostate, evil, whatever, rebelling against God. And so once they leave, if they just walk out, they have already written off all other groups because that's what they were taught. And they don't realize they were falsely taught on that area as well. Whereas if they're discipled out, we can talk about each of the things. And we have several. In fact, uh, Ginger Duggar had read our book on the, in the process of coming out. I think several others within the family did the same thing. Uh, and they would go back and watch the videos and kind of compare what he's saying with what the scriptures said. I mean, they started doing their due diligence of being a Berean. Mm. Uh, once they realized, and, and Gothard is pretty clear about this, and we talk about this in the book, that he doesn't believe in historical grammatical understanding of the Bible. Yes. Right. His his view is that he's read theologians who use a historical grammatical version and they come to different conclusions. And in part, that's true. Usually they disagree on what we would call the mechanics of the faith. How do we live the faith out? Are we Calvinist, Arminian, Molinist, or something else? 
is baptism immersion or sprinkling is it you know dunking is it three times forward and two times backward you know whatever <laughs> uh, they they will argue about the mechanics of those things but they don't really argue on what the basic faith is gothard on the other hand believes the proper way is that he would memorize large portions of scripture and pray for god's interpretation of the passage now what has he just told you his interpretation is the inspired and errant interpretation yes and that same idea would transfer over to people like mr duggard who sure. would then say well it's not so much that gothard is my leader gothard's told me what god said and now god speaks directly to me Correct. and everybody in my home and in my church listens to me because if they don't they're outside of authority and they will face punishment correct and that is the way that people get hoodwinked and coerced into not only following but fearing fearing god but it's not god that they're fearing it's a picture of god a constructed picture, bingo constructed through that lens of the umbrella of authority right. so here is uh you know and i know i've gone a little bit out of order and the questions i gave you but one of the things that i think is most important when a docu-series like this comes out you know a uh, quarterback came out on netflix and People will talk about quarterback, right? This is a documentary that's come out. People are talking about it in the church, right? Because most people have Amazon Prime because they order things off Amazon. I mean, I'm, tons of people are going to order your book off Amazon, right? Uh, I hope and pray that many do. I, I hope so, yeah. And so what would you say to the evangelical who has watched that docuseries? What can they do with it? to engage people who are maybe they maybe they watch it and they're like man i did not know that my friends down the road were actually gothardites uh um because there's and that's one other little question i'll have in just a minute like i guess the docuseries kind of portrays this idea that well gothardism is it, it's dying i don't know that that's really the case they might have some financial stuff but gothard's not in control but i mean are they still filling out you know, uh, college gymnasiums and, and things like that? Like, what is kind of the current status that, of well, the they, movement? They have kind of shifted to predominantly just homeschool stuff. Okay. Um, and, you know, they have a couple of things, their alert training and those kinds of things. Some things are not bad. Uh, the, the Oak Brook College of Law, for example, I think they've renamed it now that Cothers uh, uh, kind of... Uh, in trouble again sexual misconduct again uh is not a bad organization i, I we in in the process of doing the book we met with uh, the young man who had started it with bill uh very solid guy um it is uh, you know essentially kind of a mail order school you have to go you can only practice in california but several of their graduates i, I know and they do a great job they're very good attorneys so that's good alert also it's, it was portrayed as this military organization uh yeah, not really it's 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 more geared towards search and rescue that's kind of what they are <laughs> does military type school is that necessarily bad well you like military would you say yeah. military schools are bad 
No, I think they're good. Teaching people yeah. discipline. Yeah. Even if you don't go on to have a military career, it's good because of the discipline. That's it. And that's what alert really is. Uh, you know, if you could take some of the basic principles out of there, it would be even better. But, you know, so those things are still ongoing. The homeschooling, as far as I can tell, is not as well done as the other stuff because it really is dependent on Gothard's teachings to a large mm-hmm. degree. And so if you want to do math and those kinds of things, you have to supplement it with actual curriculum. <laughs> but, gotcha. Uh, will the organization survive? I don't know about that. They are real estate rich, cash poor. Uh, each time something like this comes out, they get take another hit on, on credibility. Um, back to Netflix, though. Yeah. Uh, and, and how to think about them. Just this is just how I'm approaching it. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know that don't don't forget I I live largely outside the church in our ministry. Mm-hmm. So I, I get to engage with a lot of non-believers in really unusual ways. And so I look at the people who made Netflix. I say, if I were them and I had no concept of the church, how would I think about this? Mm. So I think, number one, we need to pray for them. And the same with people that may be down the street that are in Gothard, trying to think about what they're feeling. Uh, they're just trying to be good parents. We need to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to raise Susie and Bill to be good, fo- solid followers of Christ and good citizens in our nation, which is really hard to do today. So that's how we think about them and then ask questions. But you need to learn about what does Gothard teach on grace. That's a really important one. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we had a, a judge who was on his uh, board of regents for his law school. He called us after he read the book. He said, I read, he said, I read um, um, every day legal briefs on cases. And you have done one of the best legal briefs on what grace is I have probably ever read. He said, I've, I've been a Christian 50 years. I never understood any of this. Now, oh, wow. is it because we wrote so good or is it because he was so misled by Gothard. I can't answer that question. But that's a starting point. Authority. You need to understand how they view authority. And you need to find out, do they believe that these seven principles are non-optional? You see, many hear that, and it doesn't register as non-optional, and they take them as good suggestions. And so they might be more open to leaving than someone who takes it as non-optional. Back to... Back to... Amazon people, we need to pray for them. Seek up that we might have more opportunities to talk directly to them, uh, as especially as they're working on the next one, so they might more accurately represent those who are um, involved in this movement. For example, as I think about one other thing, and I did not get you this question, but it's one that comes to mind. Let's say that you're pastoring a church. I am. Uh, so this could very well be something that, that does occur. Uh, a family shows up and they're Gothardites uh, and they want to be a part of your church. How do you navigate that? What would that look like? I mean, here I'm, I'm, I'm asking a very practical question and I'm doing it. I apologize. Uh, just straight out shooting from the hip here. But it's one of the things that I've thought about because there were people that were Gothardites that went to the church my dad pastored. And uh, I think they're probably still seeped in that. Uh, 
now there's probably some more thoughts that and they're probably having to be a little bit more defensive or maybe they're looking at things. Uh, how would you engage a pastor to manage that kind of thing? Well, I, I would say like I do with anybody, whether it's a Jehovah's Witness, Mormon or, or Gothard, is to make sure that you're teaching biblically in context through the Bible. Number one, be open to meeting and talking with them so they can ask you questions and to respond in a kind way, as I know you would, for example, not a defensive way. Uh, And to then raise the question of, do we get this from Gothard or do we get it from the Bible? If they say we get it from the Bible, say, okay, can we go through the text that you're looking at in context? Because most of them have not understood historical grammatical context as a tool yes. to understand the Bible. Amen. That that's huge. I I know your uh, time is always important for you, Don. Just like it is for me. Let me kind of follow up with, with kind of two little things as we close out here. Um, Midwest Christian Outreach is an organization, and your ministry is to cults and non-Christian religions. Um, right now, there are people that you are engaging who have left the Gothard movement. Um, what does that look like? Does that look a little bit like what you've shared there? Yeah. Uh, and when it when I say that, have you noticed an uptick as a result of this documentary? Yes, a dramatic. And so I spend a fair amount of my time each week answering theological questions for those who are leaving Gothardism so that they can understand where the errors are. Try not to attack Bill Gothard. That's not my, it's his teachings mm. I'm concerned about, not Bill himself. I'm praying for Bill. Bill has been uh, engaged by you, uh, Norm Geisler, uh, and um, many others. Many others. He is set in his ways, but now he's been removed from from the movement. Briefly give me a uh I, I did not walk away from the documentary really understanding why he was removed uh, and how that essentially worked. If you don't mind, briefly tell me how he got removed and kind of uh, what what's going on. I mean, you gave me a what's going on, but, but how did he get removed at the end of the day? Well, it was that he was again accused by women for being sexually inappropriate. He was in a lawsuit by the women. Uh, he and the board agreed he should step down until it was resolved, but the board then never allowed him to come back. He's basically been banned from many of the facilities okay, uh, because of this. So this is a recurring theme of sexual inappropriateness with usually young women, 16 to 18 years old, for example. So, so one final question here, Don, and then I'll let you go. Uh, what else are you working on right now? Uh, what other projects do you have in the hopper uh, that we can uh, know about and uh, be looking forward to? Well, as you know, we're dealing with the Enneagram, one of the fastest growing heresies in the church today. Uh, and uh, that is, uh, we have, there's basically three books on the market trying to deal with it. Ours, uh, uh, a friend of yours from the seminary there, whose name just went out of my mind. <laughs> Ren Cherry, Dr. Cherry. Ren Cherry, excellent book. I'd recommend that. And we have a live stream event. Second thing is we are working on, uh, and I'm not sure when this will happen, doing a, uh, a, a streaming series like we did with the Enneagram on Gothard's teachings. Mm. Uh, and so uh, we're lining up several to put together the filming 
and then that will go on uh, AGTV, MCOI's streaming uh, channels, and one other probably. So, well, Don, I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, what an excellent book! I want to give one more plug, dear friends. Please get yourself a copy of A Matter of Basic Principles. Uh, it would be uh, an exceptional read. I am looking forward to. I have to confess, Don. I have not read it, had a busy week, uh, but I am looking forward to reading it and uh, do my best to try to, to plug it to the best of my ability as we uh, not only promote this work, but promote the work of Midwest Christian Outreach. Uh, grateful for what you guys do. It's encouraged me greatly, and uh, you've encouraged people at my church. So, man, thank you so much for joining us today. It uh, means a lot to me. So uh, with that said, I'm David Van Beber, and this is Don Vino and Soli Deo Gloria. Yeah.